Welcome to another episode of It Takes a Village, an ABA podcast. Today, we have the delightful opportunity of having Cindy Mariner, founder of Breathing Spaces, a support network for family caregivers, and her business partner, Mark Tribbett, senior advisor. Welcome, Cindy and Mark. Thank Great you, to be Amanda. Here, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we are just so delighted to have you both here today. Um, and we would love to just take an opportunity for y'all to introduce yourselves. My name is Cindy Mariner. I am the founder of Breathing Spaces. And I'm Mark Tribbett. I'm uh, her advisor, trusted advisor. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Breathing Spaces is such an amazing resource for family caregivers, and we are looking forward to hearing more about Breathing Spaces and really how work-life balance and self-care are so important to all humans, but most especially those humans working through or with exceptional challenges. So let's hop into these questions. Um, I think it is important that we first talk about the why why that breathing spaces came around and this need for support tools or for people to apply um, or to apply to learn to navigate their darkest hours or most challenging times. Um, could you tell us a, about how breathing spaces came about? Sure. So it's, I started breathing spaces out of my own experience as a family caregiver. I had gone through a time watching my mom care for my dad um, which was a difficult time, really, seeing that uh, connection happening and all of the experiences that, that they were both going through, truly. And I will never forget, it's, it's a memory that is forever etched in my head, sitting down at their dining room table at one point and across from these folks from hospice. And first of all, what is hospice? Right. And they were telling mom and I how to administer morphine to my dad. And I thought, wait a minute, what are you people talking about? Did you just land from Mars? This makes no sense. So there was that gap of information, you know, along that journey. And it was about a year after dad passed away that mom's health started declining. Nothing significant, but it was she was aging. So she wasn't able to do the same things that she used to be able to do. And I moved in with her and things started shifting the minute that happened. And I found myself in the role of being a family caregiver myself. And it was probably about a year um, that mom and I started going through a number of different adjustments. It's, it's an awkward time to say the least. You're, this is the woman who cared, gave birth to you and cared for you all through your life. And now that role is shifting and there are egos involved. There's delicate conversations that start to happen. And some of them happen very easily and others just explode. Um, there's just so many emotions in that. And it became clear at a point in time that through some of the, the illnesses that started happening. She had pneumonia a couple of times. Um, she wasn't being terribly clear with her doctor on things that were happening. So this is all part of that family caregiver role that starts to happen, right? These little incidents start creeping up. And at one point I said to her, Ma, 
do you mind? I know you understand what the doctor's telling you. Would you mind terribly if I came with you? Because I'm not sure I understand. So maybe if I could ask him questions, you know, it would make more sense to me. Well, it was at that point going into the doctor and realizing she wasn't telling him anything. <laughs> she she went in and everything's fine, Doc. How are you? How's the family? <laughs> in the middle of it, I threw my hands up. I'm like, okay, this is going to hurt later, but I'm just going to start talking right now. And it was really, I remember that as kind of a pivotal moment of shifting, you know, where I had to speak my truth in an environment of care. That was the reason why I was doing it. And you know, I feel, Amanda, at that point, things really started shifting for us in that relationship. What used to be good buddies and pals started shifting. And as a caregiver, you know, going into that role, you start questioning yourself. What's going on? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? So you're kind of balancing all of these emotions around. And about that time, my brother moved in with us and he had significant heart failure. So I became a caregiver for two. And that balance of time, of emotions, of now I've got two people that are in the same mode. And self-care, I don't think, was even remotely on my radar. Was I still trying to do things with people? Sure, now and again, but not truly in a in a environment of really replenishing myself and i had seen an ad in a newspaper laying on the sofa um, and looked down and thought oh if you're caring for a loved one come join us for this seminar and we'll start doing walks and i thought all right well i'll go it was led by two health organizations local health organizations so I went to that seminar and saw in that room and heard in that room other people, didn't matter who they were caring for, going through the exact same emotional experience. I learned in that moment that I wasn't alone. I learned in that moment that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't an awful daughter. I knew what I was doing and there were imbalances and that's just the way that it happened. So there was a sense of relief that first breath started coming into play, right? So I went to, um, I saw what this was doing. They actually were doing walks. So they were doing a couple of walks a month in a local area. And I started going to these walks. And as you start having these conversations, you're like, yeah, that happened to me. It did. What did you do? You did. Oh my gosh. You know, all these things start popping up and it didn't matter who you were caring for. There's still that same underlying theme that people are experiencing. So I went to the leaders of these organizations and said, y'all, I see what you're doing here. And I see a huge, much bigger picture of what can be done. Please let me have this program. With a background myself in uh, leading groups, marketing, sales, customer relations, I knew a footprint that could happen for this, that could start changing these folks' lives. So enough pestering, and they finally let me take over the program. <laughs> I can be a little bit of a pest, and Mark might attest I to can that. vouch for that, yes. Hey. 
<laughs> hey, I'm sure people would say a few things about me too, okay. but oh, we're persistent, gosh. right? We're persistent. Yeah. Well, when you have a passion, right? And that's, yes. I had a passion. So I took over the group and I took it up to doing four walks a month in different locations. That number of five quickly grew to, to well over a hundred pretty quickly with wow. essentially doing this on my own because they didn't, it was a grant funded program. They didn't have the dollars and they didn't have the people. They said, if you want to run with it, go. Um, so I started doing seminars. I brought in local organizations who could talk to this group of family caregivers together. Hence, connections started taking place in a different arena, not just those walks. And writing blogs from a heart space. What people are going through is a heart space. You can do intellectual blah, blah, blah all day long, but there is a heart space that's getting touched. And that's where this program started to grow. It was about the time, um, about a year into the program that mom's health really started shifting and it was getting more difficult, you know, just trying to balance my own life through that. But these connections that were happening in this group were making a significant difference. It was about the same time the grant funding for the program fell through. The folks in the health organizations knew the benefits that this program was making and it was painful for them to give it up, but their hands were tied. They had no choice. And it was simultaneous that mom passed away. So at that point in time, it was my own life got flipped upside down. And it was without a doubt, one of the most difficult times in my life. But I knew that I had ignited a passion. I had a group of people who were following me and said, what, you know, what are you going to do? And that's, you know, I, I woke up one day and said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. This has been, this is my path. This is exactly where I need to go. And that was the beginning of Breathing Spaces. Well, and we're just so grateful and want to honor your parents' memory for really mm. bringing you down that path to ignite this passion. Because what you're talking about, there's so many parallels that our parents of our clients are experiencing. And, and what people don't often know, uh, it's maybe not as common knowledge as it should be, is that ABA actually supports the lifespan. So we start with early intervention and we support all the way through. And really what we talk about a lot on this podcast is the importance of it takes a village. An ABA provider can only take you so far. And having these support systems like breathing spaces out there, that is another piece to your puzzle as an individual. And what I want to be clear on is that I'm not talking about the puzzle in relation to autism. I'm talking about the puzzle piece in relation to all of our individual puzzles that we're figuring out. We all have different sizes and shapes of puzzles. And breathing spaces is one of those integral components that that builds your resiliency. And I'm really excited to learn more about it. But what I'd love to talk about is how did Mark, like Mark, how did you come to be a part of Breathing Spaces? Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I know, right. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll start this off and I'm going to let him take it from there. We, 
Mark and I have known each other for a few years. Um, we actually went. <laughs> Uh, we actually went to the same high school together and uh, we ha were at a high school reunion. We won't, we don't need to mention the number. Like but, a 10 year reunion? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Something like that. <laughs> and we started having a chat and I, Mark was always a nice guy in high school. And I thought this is kind of fun. Started to have a conversation with him. And he was talking about his, what he's done over his lifespan. And he was talking about healthcare. And I thought, well, now that's interesting. So after the reunion, I thought, I want to know more about what he's really doing. So I stalked him on LinkedIn and I, I looked at his, <laughs> I did, and I looked at his background and said, you are exactly who I've been looking for because I knew that there was more to breathing spaces to come and I just needed that right other person to sync up with. So we started having the conversation and I'll let Mark take it from there. Well, yeah, and it it struck me the same way, and you know, having known Cindy a long time ago, but not being in constant contact over over the years. Um, number one, it was just fun to reconnect. But what what really got me uh, with my background being in healthcare, uh, I'm not a clinical person, but more on the administrative side, having spent my career in healthcare. And, and then more recently starting a, a business that works with seniors on helping them to optimize where they live. A couple of those chords were, were striking very much with, with Cindy. And, and, you know, it, you can tell just by the last couple of minutes, uh, she's got incredible passion for what she's doing. And when you combine that with her personal experience, a lot of vision, and then just the willingness to, to dive in and go. And, and, you know, I, I saw that and what breathing spaces was doing to me, just, just really resonated. I haven't had that personal experience, but I, I just see it all around me every day in my professional life as well as just dealing with my older aging parents. And so, uh, it just, it, it just really struck a chord chord with me. And I, I, you know, when, when we talked a couple of times and I think it took us a couple of months, didn't it, Cindy, before it was really like, <laughs> You know, I want to do more than just talk on the phone every couple of weeks. Uh, you know, so she was nice enough to let me kind of start uh, infiltrating her world. And and you know, I think uh, all kidding aside, you know, the 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 balance that we we have with each other, I think, is really um, uh, vital to what we're doing. It, it, it's a big part of of the dynamic of the relationship, how we think through challenges and and opportunities. Um, I I and we're not you know, mutually exclusive in our perspectives, but I, I come at it from the uh, healthcare and a business perspective and, and Cindy comes at it with that experience and, and a heart that just explodes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, something. So when you put that together, I think we, we form at least one decent person between the two of us. And, <laughs> and that allows us, I think, to do some pretty cool stuff. It really does. And that was really my next question is how does this Cindy and Mark partnership really support the mission of breathing spaces? I think the I think that Mark, you just alluded to that. You just spoke to it. It's it's the heart and the brains um, to be very simplistic about it. We both have a vision for um, and a background for what needs to happen, you know, in the world. Um and Mark, I'll let you speak to that a little bit more. Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, the specifics of what Breathing Spaces is doing and, and the impact on, on these uh, family caregivers is just mm -hmm. incredible. And uh, from a business standpoint, when you look at what Cindy 
and breathing spaces have done and, and are doing and are going to do with it. It's, it's um, pretty impactful. It, it's, it's not, you know, n- nothing against, you know, having a hot dog stand and selling hot dogs. That's great. But this is hitting people in a, in a uh, tremendously personal uh, way. And, and, and I think that is powerful all by itself. And so uh, what I hope to bring to the equation, I've got experience in doing some healthcare startups uh, the, the living in that healthcare world and, and the dynamics of that, um, because a lot of the, the caregiving involves healthcare, obviously. Um, so there, there's a lot of elements there. And I think that, uh, that mix with, with all of what Cindy's done is, is, um, is pretty potent. Yeah. Well, and as being a clinician myself, uh, part of what our role is to do is to provide parent trainings, you know, mm-hmm. and part of these parent trainings are really about how do you cope with the challenges that come with um, parenting a child with with uh, exceptional needs or differing needs. And it's not to stigmatize being a parent. It's the reality of things is that as a family caregiver, no matter what point you are caregiving at, your goal is to support and at teaching someone to be able to be autonomous or advocate for themselves. And that comes with a lot of stress. And being able to cope with that is not something that every human, all humans, most humans are taught or born with. We all come with different capabilities. And what my experience has led me to is there's a lot of these programs like you're talking about the these hot dog stands where that human connection is missing. And mm-hmm. what we've learned um, is that relationships rapport with other human beings is this valuable component of reinforcement that's going to increase the future likelihood of behavior this valuable piece to motivation to joy to getting people to engage and be reinvigorated in their lives so we are just so grateful for the work that breathing space is doing in the community and we need more support like this in our community and accepted into our societal practices and legislation, right? Could you <laughs> please talk a little bit about the importance of maintaining balance, especially in this time where work-life balance is such a hot topic? And please feel free to cover anything about the legislation as well, or anything you'd like to talk about mm. in this realm, because I think it's really important for people to understand breathing spaces directly. And then this this impact that we can sort of require family caregivers to be provided services like this. I think that work-life balance for any of us is, it cannot be understated. There's no question about that. You can't play all the time and be able to pay your mortgage, right? But at the same time, there's a factor of resiliency in there too, right? Balance is incredibly important, but the resiliency, the ability to bounce back when that unbalance happens, because it will happen, is imperative in that diagram as you're as you're mapping that out. If one of the things that I find from my own experience and talking to people that we have, because we have a nationwide database of folks, so people are caring for Parents, they're caring for husbands, wives, sons, daughters, all across the board, many different locations. And people are 
finding that when they're giving so much of themselves in that caregiving role without having something to hold on to, they just can't go the extra mile. They're not able to because your clarity goes right out the window. You can't, you're, you're in a position as a caregiver to make important decisions in the lives of others, right? And if you are so fogged up because you keep giving and giving and giving and giving, which is, you know, I mean, what a wonderful thing to do, right? But in the meantime, your gas tank is going right down to the bottom. And at some point, you're not going to be able to give. In that moment that you need to be able to, you're not going to be able to do it. So I think part of, um, I think COVID put a little bit of a different spin on that for all of us. People started opening their eyes saying, oh, I need to pay attention to some of the important things in life, right? Like smelling the roses. I thought to myself, y'all, come on, you should have been doing that all along. <laughs> Welcome to the club, guys. Right? Welcome to opening your eyes up. Right. Well, and what an interesting concept because we live in a society that actually reinforces us to check things off of our yes. list, to keep yes. going and going. Yes. And to your point, COVID took away the opportunities for us to distract and almost required all of us to get present in the moment, whether it be for a day or a week, but it was just this really unique opportunity for us all to see this importance to that balance because we really do get our blinders on and sometimes like with our family caregivers our parents there's this there's this this sense that they have to and it's true i mean you do have to show up when you're a family caregiver but i always like to bring it back to the analogy of being in the airplane like if you don't put your mask on first you will run out of oxygen and you know, the airplane is not forgiving up that high. <laughs> right, well, right. yeah, I, I think when I think of a family caregiver, you know, the, the intensity of it is, is, is insane depending on the specifics, but it, it's an intense and it's, it's unrelenting in many cases, the duration, and it goes on for a long time. So you've got high intensity, long duration, and you've got people that are inclined out of either just pure love, which drives a lot of it, or a sense of duty or whatever it might be, but they get into it. And I think it's kind of an iterative process. And I don't know, Cindy, if you felt this way, but you know, talking about depleting your tank, it doesn't happen in one fell swoop. And so it's kind of, it sneaks up on you. And, and you, you know, if you can wake up and, and stick your head around and look back six months ago, wow, what happened? You know, but it happens in such small pieces that it, it's very easy. It's, it's not that you're a, a weak person or, or not focused. It just slowly gets there. And I think the beauty of what breathing spaces is doing is it is forcing you to stand up, take a look and be thoughtful about it, not just let it happen, but to have the, the, the tools, the support, the guidance so that you can kind of pull your head above water. You know, they, I'm mixing a lot of analogies in here, but, but one of the, you know, I, I think of it in terms of you're, you're going, you're, you dive into a, a river and you're flowing along. It's great. You got some rocks, you kind of navigate around them and everything. And then you go under and you're still flowing down the river, but you don't really, you know, and what you've got to do is take the time to pop your head back above surface, look around and correct course, take things and taking care of yourself. If you're a person who's inclined to help others, 
oftentimes the mirror side of that is that you don't always take good care of yourself. We see that with professional caregivers. You see it with family caregivers. It's just part of that equation, I think, for those people. So to me, the beauty of what Breathing Spaces is trying to do is to make it intentional, not just a, oh, I happen to think of something or I, you know, because it is such a, a, a slow progression and, and in small pieces, you've got to have that. And that's the beauty of what Breathing Spaces does is it, it kind of forces you to pop your head above water, assess and take care of what you need to take care of so that you can do a better job of being that family caregiver. You know, it made me think, Mark, when you were talking about that, I remember a point in time, you know, in hindsight, it was towards the end of mom's life. My sister, who was, was tremendous uh, along this journey, but she was on the East Coast, you know, so there, there wasn't a hands-on. She wasn't able to do that. But at one point she said, you've got to get out of here. You need to get out of this space. So she came out, stayed with mom and my brother, and I went to Hawaii with a, with a few friends. Just, you know, I had to get out because yeah. I didn't realize that I was sinking that low. I didn't realize it. And I will never forget the image of stepping out onto the beach that first time on watching that sunrise, that first step and taking that first breath. I will never forget it. It was the first breath that I had taken in years, truly. Yeah. And you, you don't realize it. You don't. But that's, again, like you just said, Mark, that's what we're, that's what we're here for. That's what we're reinforcing. Well, and that's really the, the broad need for balance, for, mm -hmm. for work-life balance yeah. and really Absolutely. for parenting life balance yes. that's addressed yes. through breathing spaces. And I do want to just say, like, I love the name breathing spaces mm -hmm. because like you said, Cindy, we breathe every single day, but are those breaths replenishing, right? right? And breathing spaces reminds you of just that importance and value of your basic breath. And when it comes to that parenting life balance, like you're saying, lift your head above water. Let's get you some tools that you can apply and let's get you some tools with that, that personal connection, that relationships that's necessary. So you know that first of all, you're not alone. Correct. Secondly, we are all in this together, no matter what part of the journey we're on, whether we're supporting a child who just got a diagnosis, or maybe we're supporting a kiddo that's transitioning out of services. And this parent's like, Oh my goodness, what do I do? Like we relied on services this whole time when this should be an exciting moment in their life. And by having breathing spaces there with you, you can see it as a reinvigorated, like new transition, excitement for what it is versus allowing those fears to take over and kind of take control of those replenishing breaths. We want to get back to that space where we're filling up our cups because y'all deserve it. You're out there doing the hard work. That's and right. We're here to bring that community, that village. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's you, you, the connection and um, the ability to hear and talk to other people through that brings a light on that balance. You know, you, you have conversations with others and you think, Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm not. I'm not taking care of myself. Shoot. Right. Right. And you often don't know it until you nope. need it's that support. Too late. Right. Yes. Right. It's too That's late. Sneaks but up that, on you. Yes, it sure does. 
It does. Well, and knowing there are a wide variety of unique situations, what typically brings someone to breathing spaces? Is it when they have that like aha moment and they're already um, needing to kind of pull themselves out and learn skills just to regulate again? Or do people come out proactively? I mean, I would love people to come out before there is a challenge. You know, I think that's my or our real goal here at Cadian and with ABA is to te- normalize what we're talking about here, that every human needs balance, every human needs support. And if we can normalize that, it will actually allow people to come and seek support before they need support. Mm-hmm. But would love to hear about what you typically see coming to seeking support from breathing spaces. You know, I think there's a variety um, is the beauty of it. And one of the things, and we can talk about this in a minute, um, we have care partners, um, other companies that come into our fold, and it brings light to people who have just started this journey. There may be people, there are people within this organization, the, the Breathing Spaces platform, that have come in right mid crisis. They're ready to lose it, they're over the edge. We've got people who are just beginning the journey and don't really know. But I've heard from husbands saying, well, you know, my, my, my wife was just diagnosed with breast cancer and I was told about your services and what you're doing and I thought I'd just check it out. So it go, goes from that very beginning and it's whether it's in the middle of it in crisis mode and it goes beyond that because we've got folks in here that have lost loved ones that are still with us because here's the thing, that caregiving journey doesn't just say, okay, caregivers, you're in this time frame. It's not that. It's before, it's during, it's after, it's aunts, it's uncles, it's mothers, it's fathers. It's all across the board. And, well, and I, I think, well, just, just to add on that, uh, you know, you've got, everybody's coming in at a different point. You mm-hmm. know, if you, want to think of it as a journey they're they're at different points and have different reasons that that they have gotten to the point that they they want something sometimes it's you know uh the spouse saying hey it, step away a second you need to to regroup or whatever it may be that instigates it but everybody's at a different spot and i think that's really important to remember too because we're we're all very you know uh unique individuals and and as as somebody's dealing with with caring for a loved one uh it's, it's going to affect you in different ways and, and depending on, you know, a, a lot of dynamics. So it's very important to think of these as, as individuals. There's no one answer. And, and I think that's part of what uh, breathing spaces needs to always be cognizant of is that everybody's coming in at a different spot and everybody's got different personalities. You know, I mean, for me, I, I may prefer to just, Hey, tell me a couple things and I'll run off into the corner and take care of it myself. Other people want to be with a big group and, and, you know, so everybody's different of when they realize it, how they access it, and then how they want to work with it once they get it too. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's always a critical facet. So people come to you, but they come from different directions. There's not just one door that opens into it. There's many. 
Well, and for, for myself, that's really what drew me to breathing spaces was there were so many parallels to the way that we apply ABA because applied behavior analysis needs to be individualized. Yes, there's this, there are these overarching concepts and principles that we operate on, but if we do not individualize it to be culturally contextual, to, to, to be contextual to where those people are at in their particular life at that point, then guess what? ABA is actually no longer effective and it can get into being the most ineffective and harmful if you are not individualizing the care or the treatment that you're recommending. And to me, that's really what drew me to breathing spaces was just this need to get to know the individual and to apply these principles and concepts to the individual situation. And Mark, something that I love that you said earlier, and I think um, spotlighting it again is so important, is this piece about this it doesn't speak to you as an individual. You're not weak. You're not uns- you're not lacking knowledge or the smarts or the ability to navigate situations. This happens to all humans. And some humans can take big huge boulders before they fall over, right? Some humans, it's those little pebbles. And what's so important is that the work that I see that Breathing Spaces is doing is really understanding that doesn't matter where you're coming from, what you've been through. We're here to connect with you, to support you and meet you where you're at, no matter what your background is, Mm -hmm. um, no matter how many pebbles or rocks you're carrying around. Come on in. Well, and there's beauty in that, Amanda. You you spoke to that eloquently. And there's beauty in being able to connect with others who you may be caring for a, a child, right? But being able to talk to someone who's caring for their grandmother gives you a perspective, right? If it was all the same, I'm not sure that people would really get that that balance and that that heart space filled up and that knowledge because at some point in your life maybe you're in that same position or maybe you're just hearing something in a different way and it's finally sinking in right you never know where that's going to come from and that's the beauty in these connections and that is why i love it takes a village because it does it takes a village people have different skill sets that they bring in and the dialect is that we have a shared experience within our village where we're operating. We might come in with a unique skill set, but it, we are all experiencing that same stress or joy or happiness, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Right. Those those shared experiences help us be better at the role we're playing in the particular village we're in at that time. Because I just like to look at like work environments as a village, you know, your home environments <laughs> as a village. It, um, it makes me so excited because those shared experiences and relationships are really so potent and so powerful and a lot of what all of us are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what what um what services do you feel are most impactful for your clients? Um, I know that we talked a little bit about who or what are like the typical clients for uh, breathing spaces, which is really anybody and everybody for whatever period you need. But what services um, do you feel are most impactful for the clients that come to breathing spaces? You know, I think um, on the tails of the conversation we just had, 
It depends on the person. It depends on what they're going through. So our platform has been created to be able to touch people wherever they are. So whether it is um, reading our weekly newsletter that's got a little bit of inspiration and information in it, whether it's connecting through our virtual caregiver retreats, those are online experiences for people to be able to connect to others across the nation. Um, and those actually came into the fold because we had been doing caregiver walks where people could actually get together in an outside environment, doing something good for themselves. One of the best darn things that happened um, for a lot of people and being able to not being able to do that during COVID is actually what gave birth, if you will, to those virtual caregiver retreats. And so now we've taken those local walks for folks and expanded that. It doesn't, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Memphis, it doesn't matter where you live, you're, you're welcome into that connection space. And it, you know, we also have the social media platforms for folks. It depends on where you're at and what's calling to you. Those, those connections, again, are just so important for people. And some people don't have the ability or the desire to reach out. So that's where those newsletters come into place, um, that, you know, that are very effective for folks as well. Well, and Cindy, you you touched on it a little bit how COVID has impacted uh, uh, the demand for services or the type of services that are really mm -hmm. provided as well. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about how COVID-19 impacted like in general and the role that breathing spaces can can play as we're kind of coming out of this pandemic, not, not completely by any means, but um, how is breathing spaces, how can it play a role in this and how has COVID-19 kind of changed the game? Mark, I'm going to let you speak to that. Okay. Uh, give me the fun. <laughs> right. Passage, <laughs> Exciting stuff towards. to talk about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we all know in general, COVID has, has obviously uh, restricted a lot of things that we do. And, and it'll be interesting to see 10 years from now, the positives maybe that come out of it. We've talked about uh, some of those already, but I think from a, a breathing spaces standpoint, one of the things that's, that's changed is that it's put a lot, it's just kind of poured gas on the fire of everything we've already talked about. Um, the intensity, um, not being able to escape. Maybe you always used to, you know, go to the movie, go to the movies on Fridays and that was your respite. And that's when you caught your breath. Well, now you can't go to the movies or, you know, go out to eat dinner and, and, uh, relax. And some of those things, mechanisms may not have been there that you were using before. So I think that that just accelerated the the uh, the need for these. From a breathing spaces side, I think it it also uh, caused us to have to step back and say, "Gosh, we aren't going to be able to get everybody together for a walk necessarily. Um, you know, we we aren't going to be able to do some of these things. So it, it kind of forced breathing spaces, I think, to step back and say, so what's the core of what we're trying to do? Well, we're trying to get people together to support them, uh, do it in, a, in the individual way and, and offer those things, but how we do it has to change. And, and, you know, the, the technology is great. Couldn't have done this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but with, with zoom and some of these other tools that we have now, it allows people, it's not as good as being 
together. We know that, but it at least provides that that alternative. So I think on on the caregiver side, especially for families, um, it, it just really ramped up everything that was already there and made it more intense, more challenging probably than it was before. And from a breathing spaces standpoint, we had to figure out, hey, how can we still connect with these people? We can't say, hey, we'll see you on the other side of the pandemic. Good luck. You know, it, that's that's just not going to work. So Cindy did a masterful job of transitioning. Yes. Well, and oh, I'm think, so sorry. No, no, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. The, you know, the, the beauty of what happened there is it, it gave light to something that needed to happen truly because of being able to open those doors up even more and being able to let people connect with each other across the board, the, the borders made a significant difference. And people are hearing more and more from one-on-one. And this is, you know, it was an unexpected platform that, that I don't know it at some point it may have come about, but now it's part of, part of what we do. It will never go away. We won't take those caregiver retreats away because they're an important part of what we're offering. Well, and the parallel that I was going to connect there is that we've actually seen the same sort of impact in the public school setting with access yeah. to free, appropriate public education. And really what was, it's not for every student, right? And right. that's what I think is so important about what you and Mark keep um, really trying to, to spotlight is this is not a one size fits all. So no, not no. every student benefited from virtual courses. However, there were a large amount of students who needed to be able to do school virtually so that they could show up because of overstimulation stimulation is one reason, right? And if you can be at home working on your computer, getting access to the free appropriate public education you deserve, then that is all power to you. And before COVID, school districts did not feel that they had the ability to get a tablet or a device out to every student. And this required them to rethink it. And this has forever changed the game for access to free, appropriate public education. And it's just this beautiful parallel that I see with breathing spaces, right, is that COVID forced y'all to rethink how do, can, like, what is necessary to create that relationship? Is it really being in physical person or is it having that, that, that synchronous experience where you might be on a screen, right. but you're there at the same time, it, having that shared experience together. And I've also noticed that when you record those events, those asynchronous where people join in later, people get a lot from those as well. So it's just, I am not happy that COVID happened because there were so many lives lost and 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 so much tragedy that came from it. And I am so grateful that people like you and our school systems were able to pivot to really see the need for support for more people and not just people who are willing to show up in person because that can be a terrifying thing for some. Yes. Right, you have to be able to meet people where they're at. So by being able to offer a diverse amount of programs for folks, what works for you isn't going to, going to work for me. So this gives them that ability. You know, even in our newsletters, when we, we have blogs that are written either from guest writers or I'm writing something, it may be a touchy-feely article. And the next time it may be something a little more analytical, or it may touch creativity, or it may touch movement. We're doing that on purpose 
on purpose because if I'm talking about a coloring book, that may not be Mark's thing. It's not Mark's thing. But anyway. <laughs> Trouble staying <laughs> but, in the lines. It's just but but you know, it give it it's it opens it up so that folks have they can come in wherever they're at and be met and welcome with open arms wherever they're at. So that's the beauty of it. Well, and I really wanted to hear a little bit about like your care partners through breathing mm -hmm. spaces, but I think right now is a really important time to, to ask like, what makes breathing spaces unique? Because honestly, what you're talking about, in my opinion, is what makes breathing spaces unique. But I'd love for y'all to just, you can choose to take it whatever direction you'd like. Well, Cindy, why don't you go first this time? Oh, <laughs> you got me. You got me. You know, Amanda, truly, the, the driving force, and Mark has heard me say it time and time again, we're talking about heart space here, folks. That's the bottom line. If we're not meeting people at a heart space, we're not doing our mission at Breathing Spaces. No two people are alike on this planet. No caregiving experience is alike on this planet. You cannot do a cookie cutter and make a factory output for what this looks like. Some people need statistics. Some people need crayons. Wherever people are at, that's what we have created. And we are continuing to create. We're molding different programs as we're moving forward. And being able to... Again, make sure that that heart space and those connections are there. That's the ripple effect that we're creating in, in what we're doing. And it's being able to have someone walk into either one of our programs, read something that we're writing about and say, oh my gosh, I get it now. I get it. I get it. And we do, you know, you had kind of touched on those care partners, but they're an integral part of what we do because our care partners are companies that we've had conversations with that we're bringing into the fold that are doing things to help support those caregivers. And they're an integral part of what we do. They're part of our family. They're part of our family. So that's an important part. Part of the village. Part of the village. Yes, part of the village. So <laughs> I think, you know, the other thing to, <laughs> um, to, to just kind of build on what Cindy was saying, we, we've used the word individual a whole bunch of times and, and, and the focus of that. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people say that, a lot of organizations say that. Uh, it, it's born and, and is deep in the DNA of, of what Breathing Spaces is uh, to do that. And, and I, I think when you couple that that passion that that was the genesis of how this whole thing started, uh, with with a mindset, and 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 one of the things that I think makes breathing spaces really unique is the mindset that things are going to evolve on an individual relationship basis. Things are going to evolve in terms of what's going on in the world around us. For example, COVID, um, and we we want to make sure that breathing spaces remains unique in its ability to evolve and change. So the, the core purpose is there, the need is there, that continues, but how we meet that, how the village is constructed, you know, those things have got to continue to evolve. And I've been part of a lot of organizations, a lot of great organizations and their Achilles heel, I think 
oftentimes is the inability to evolve, especially the ones that are successful. You get trapped by that. And I think we've got a mindset and breathing spaces is, I think, very unique in its willingness to say, you know, that was great yesterday, but today, eh, kind of sucks. Let's change and go do this instead. Still with the same goal, same purpose, but evolve in how we do it. And I think that's one of the beauties of breathing spaces. And, you know, we can talk about the specific services and, and how they're delivered, and that's very important. But I think the ability to uh, be perceptive enough and willing to evolve and, and not get trapped in that is, is really critical. Well, and as you and Cindy know, Kaizen is one of the values at Cadient that I am so drawn to. And that was really, I think, uh, the, the, the starting point of our relationship was this, this commitment we all have to good change. And I had not heard of Kaizen prior to my experience at yeah. Kids Overcoming, which then became Cadient because Cadient um, took over these uh, or took on these smaller companies and one of the jokes i had made was like i'm not moving to katie if they don't keep kaizen and i was being <laughs> pretty serious even though i was like crossing my fingers like come on guys because you're absolutely <laughs> correct we have to be able to have humility if we are providing care or medically necessary services as a company you must be able to engage in that good change sometimes your feedback is going to come from the people on the ground level and it's going to change everything about the way that you're able to provide services and so i just really appreciate that that as at the core as you said mark part of the dna of breathing spaces is really getting at that kaizen that good change that individualization and we would love to hear like where do y'all see the future direction of breathing spaces? I understand that y'all are ready to pivot. Is there any vision? <laughs> <laughs> well, I th I think, you know, uh, again at the at the epicenter of what breathing spaces is is the family caregiver. Uh, you know, that's it's it's point of origin and will continue to be the epicenter of it because family caregivers, I mean, gosh, you know it with the folks that you guys work with, we we see it with with dealing with older adults. Same thing. That is the most, as I said earlier, the intensity of that, the duration of it, uh, the dynamics of the relationships are so intense. That's always going to be the core of what breathing spaces is. But as we've done that and thought through that, part of what I've felt is that we can go, if you think of it in concentric circles, that that's the, the center of it. But that next ring out oftentimes are professional caregivers. They oftentimes need uh, similar support. The the duration may not be as long. The intensity may not be the same, but still over time, it, 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 it accumulates. And so uh, the need for services to support and make sure that they maintain life balance and, and caregivers are inclined, professional caregivers, as well as family caregivers, as I said earlier, are inclined not to always think of themselves to the detriment of themselves and ultimately to the detriment of the people they're caring for. But um, I think that is our kind of our next realm, if you will, is that, that a lot of the mindset core concepts approaches that make sense for family caregivers can also make sense for professional caregivers. Um, so that's, that's um, part of where we want to go all building off of the family caregiver um, relationship. Well, and, and what an important 
time for this, especially when we're considering like what has been going on recently um, with like police officers, because wouldn't this be a fantastic component to their training, right? It's just like the ability to understand that, yes, you've chosen this profession and you still well, like here, skills are over here for you too. I just think that's so beautifully put, Mark. And thank you so much. And Cindy, I'm so sorry for interrupting. I just felt like what <laughs> a great connection to be making right now, right? Let's get back to the people who have committed their lives to service. Right. Yes, to caring for others in whatever way that is. You know, healthcare is a broad statement. There are many, many different services that that fall into that healthcare category, aren't there? And you know, at the at the heart of it all, Amanda, there's a human being. There's a human being who has made a decision, whether it's by choice going into it professionally or being suddenly thrown into the role of being a family caregiver. There is a human being that needs to be touched. There is a human being that needs to be heard and not be judged and feel like they are supported through connections and other people who understand. And that is what we're here, here for. That is the main thing that we're here for. Well, and we're just so grateful for y'all's service and y'all's time. And we would love to end this episode by asking how can people get in contact with Breathing Spaces? How um, how can they reach out? Uh, I know that you had said that there's a newsletter, um, but would love to be able to guide anybody who's joining today on how they can get in contact with Breathing Spaces. I think the best way is by visiting the website as a starting point, um, because from there you can reach out, whether it's social media or the newsletter or care partners, whatever it may be. So that website, Breathing Spaces FC for uh, caregiver, breathingspacesfc.com is the website. Okay. And the FC stands for for caregiver, but it's for caregiver. That's correct. And we will have breathingspacesfc.com in our uh, our explanations. So don't worry, you'll be able to click it. <laughs> and is there anything else that y'all would like to, um, to, to end with, to share with anybody who's joining today? I, you know, again, most importantly for me, anyone that's hearing this, please don't do this alone. It doesn't matter where you are on your journey. Please do not do this alone. Don't feel ashamed. Please reach out for help because that's what we're here for. You're an amazing human being. Please let us help you as you go through your journey. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of It Takes a Village, an ABA podcast. Until next time. This has been a Cadient production.